Oh, you thought, you thought I left. You thought that I was done doing DFS for the year. I skipped last week, but no, I'm not gone. I, I'm not saying Sinor. There are no buys here. There are just winning lineups over here on the DFS, the big tilt. We're here to build some lineups. And of course, I'm your host, Chase Vernon. You guys can find me over there on Twitter at FF underscore intervention. And I am joined by the one, the only, Dario! What's going on, Dario? How you doing, man? What's up, Chase, man? It's great to see you. Uh, it's another week flying by. I mean, week 13 now is kind of insane to think about. But this is the last of the major bye weeks that we're going to have to deal with. So kind of happy to be done with that. And I mean, pretty soon it's going to be fantasy playoffs for, for everyone you know. So that's always exciting as well. Dude, I, I love fantasy playoffs when we come to like the different slates that we can build through through DraftKings and through FanDuel and just having that that limited uh, exposure to, to individuals and a concentrated, I guess, exposure to to certain teams. I'm excited. It, it almost feels like this is a little bit of a warm up for DFS playoffs because we do have six teams on by and those six teams they're no joke man and we were talking about some serious firepower especially at the running back position which makes it super interesting for dfs i'm excited to, to kind of break it down and talk about it i don't know about you yeah no it's a really interesting slate i mean you think about it, the bills are on by so no josh allen no lamar jackson with the ravens on by i mean the giants have been pretty gross lately but saquon's always up there among the running backs so yeah, it's it's a lot of pieces to consider. Yeah, I mean, meanwhile we had the the Cowboys already play, so Tony Pollard's off. Obviously, Kenneth Walker was hurt, but the Seahawks as well. Uh, you know, Green Bay Packers with Aaron Jones, the Joe Mixon. Like, hey, guess what? I found a way to talk about Joe Mixon on Week 13, even though he's on a Monday Night game. Oh my <laughs> God! And, and it, it, sorry if you don't know, I can't stand stand Joe Mixon in, in DFS. He had one phenomenal week last season, and it feels like everybody has to run him out every single week. And I'm just so happy that I don't have to hear about it this week because he is on a Monday night game. Meanwhile, we do have Travis Etienne and Isaiah Pacheco out too. So it's exciting, man. I'm excited to to, to build some of these lineups and, and to really get into it. Sorry, you ready to kick this episode off? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Let's go. Oh, man, here we go. If you are a, a new listener to the show, if you have not heard this show before, what we do is we break down our studs and our stacks, the guys we want to have in a majority of our lineups, or at least build our lineups around. We're going to build a lineup. We're actually going to build a lineup so you can take that lineup and you can use it on your own. You can go plug it in over there on the DFS Optimizer if you'd like to on Player Profiler and get the most out of this show. That's how you do it. That's how you get the most out of this show, is you take the skeleton that we give you, and then you plug it into the DFS optimizer. And then we're going to go through, we're going to talk about some guys we don't want anywhere close, anywhere close to our lineups, a la Joe Mixon comment earlier that he normally belongs in that section for me. He's not going to be there this week because he's on the Monday night game. And then, mm -hmm. of course, we have our sleepers. After we build our second lineup, we dive into our sleepers, and we figure out, you know, some of those dart throws or some of those, you know, low ownership type plays that we really want to get our hands on and, and give a couple shots to some, some guys that might even make your lineups work in some cases. So, Dario, let's let's just do a little bit about this. Let's let's talk about somewhere that, that you're at right now and a team that you want to run out and you want to stack pretty heavy this week because because you're over there, you're traveling, you're in Florida right now. You know, let, let's hear a little bit about those Dolphins. Who do we want to play for the Miami Dolphins? Because it just seems like Tua and and Tyreek are going to break things this week. Yeah, I think you're going to want to play all the Dolphins. I mean, sounds like Devon Achan will play. He's full full practice today for the first time since his knee injury back in, I think it was week five or six. Um, so he should be back and hopefully uh, completely back to his usual workload. And then you've also got, I think, Jalen Waddell. Like, I know he's been hit or miss this season. He's had a couple of nice games in the in the last month. And this secondary is just so beatable. I mean, we've seen DJ Moore do it. We've seen AJ Brown do it. And Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill are both uber talented receivers who can just have themselves career days against this Washington secondary. Yeah, I mean, the bigger aspect to this for me personally 
is the fact that, I mean, they can't get any pressure. Washington, since trading away Montez Sweat and Chase Young, can't get any pressure on the quarterback. And Tua, Tua is nasty when he's not under pressure. I mean, he has the most touchdowns with a clean pocket, right? He's a top five passer overall with a clean pocket. I mean, he's going to be firing him off. And, and Jalen Waddle probably won't have much ownership just because of what we've seen, you know, this year so far. He just he can't seem to make it work. But he can make it work up against Washington. I mean, they're even going to be losing their first-round rookie over there, although he's been more of a hindrance. But where he comes into play is by going up against some of these quicker wide receivers, some of these fast wide receivers, and he's not completely just trounced by size because he only weighs 160 pounds. He could hang – well, maybe not hang, but he could. He might be able to, to hinder Tyreek Hill a little bit. He won't even be part of the game, I don't think. So regardless, even if he was or if he's not, I'm loving Tua this week. I think that he's going to see a decent amount of ownership. I don't think it's going to be insane levels of chalk because there are higher-end quarterbacks. If there's going to be ownership on Jalen Hurts, there's going to be ownership on C.J. Stroud. There's going to be ownership on on Herbert to an extent, and even Kyler Murray. So I think that that the guys around him will see enough ownership to keep him away from being like 15 20% owned. So I'm cool running out to it this week, I, and I love it, man. I absolutely love it. Now, yeah, when it no, comes I'll- Go ahead. I'll, I'll just piggyback on that real quick. I mean, if you go to his player page on player profiler, like he's number four in clean pocket accuracy and yep. he's number three in passer rating versus man. We know that Washington is a man heavy defense. That's why they've gotten burned so bad by these uber talented receivers. And it's just all lining up perfectly for Tua's accuracy as well as the talent that Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle bring to the table. Yeah, I, I absolutely I couldn't agree more. I'm very, very excited for this one. And honestly, I, I'm going to love building lineups to figure out exactly which route we want to go with this. We're about to dive into that. But uh, running it backwise, I'm loving some Curtis Samuel this week. I mean, the Dolphins, ever since Jalen Rams came back, like I don't want to play Terry McLaurin. I'll talk about that in a little bit. I would like to play some Curtis Samuel. I think that they're going to be playing from behind. They're going to be chasing points. So we're going to talk about some Antonio Gibson love as well. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm good on Logan Thomas. I don't need to get him in there. But I think that as low price options with Curtis Samuel and Antonio Gibson are, are somewhat fun plays uh, to, to run that stack back. Now, Dario, if you want to cover on that anymore, you're more than welcome to. We get a little bit caught up sometimes. So I, I'd like to invite you to move on to another stack that you might want to hit. Yeah, I mean, another stack that I was surprised to see the ownership, or at least projected ownership coming in as low as it currently is right now is stacking Brock Purdy with Brennan Ayuk or Debo Samuel. I mean, the Philadelphia defense has been very much a pass funnel. People are scoring, receivers are scoring points against the Eagles. And a lot of times that's been because they're playing from behind. The Eagles are actually underdogs in this game. It's, I think, maybe 45 and a half is the over-under last time I checked. So it's not, I mean, in this year's scoring environment, that's actually a pretty decent total compared to some of the other games on this slate. It's going to be one of the better ones to bet on. And I think that, I mean, this is going to be <clears throat> a big moment for Brock Birdie and Ayuk. And I, it's, I mean, if you had, if you told me that the 49ers offense was going to get shut down in this game, I would be surprised. I think, I think Purdy is going to produce. And I think I want to sprinkle some darts on Kittle and Debo and Ayuk. And I think Ayuk is the, the top priority. Yeah, Ayuk for me is actually the, the guy that I want to play. And I'm not a huge Ayuk fan, but for DFS this week, it just seems like you, you can't go wrong. Now, I do know the Eagles get beat over the middle a lot, so I wouldn't mind sprinkling some George Kittle in there. I think he's one of the only decent tight end options you know, on this slate, especially with like Travis Kelsey being out, uh, Hawkinson being out. So, so Kittle could have a massive advantage where you – like Kittle has the upside where you just can't – you can't catch up with that. Like, you can't play. No other player on the slate has the potential that George Kittle has. So I think that he should be at least thought about and sprinkled into your lineups. But in terms of locks, I love the Brock Purdy lineup with with Ayuk. I don't mind adding in Debo Samuel into that. I think that Christian McCaffrey being the only expensive running back on the slate allows you to be contrarian. I think that's actually a great play, especially when you start running out like the Tank Dell type lineups where you're, you're play, paying down for wide receivers. Um, but yeah, Brock Purdy for me is a slam dunk and I don't hate Jalen hurts. I, I would play Jalen hurts with a one off in hopes that he gets a couple goal line touches because I really don't think that Deandre Swift is going to do much. 
And DeAndre Swift's ownership is actually surprisingly a little bit excessive for me. So, yeah, with that being said, I, I do like that call. I'm more on the Brock Purdy side, but I do not mind Jalen Hurts. Yeah, now, I mean, the same way, same way you talked about um, Kittle having kind of an unparalleled ceiling. I mean, Jalen Hurts probably has a much higher ceiling than some of the other quarterbacks on the slate. So I think I'm with you there. Although this is probably the toughest defense he's faced this year so far. Yeah. Oh, I think easily. Uh, well, people will argue and say the Cowboys, of course. But uh, I'm interested now. There is a guy that, that's coming in. I've never seen an ownership on a player this high before, ever. Uh, do you know? Who, <laughs> do you want to take a guess on, on who it is? Oh, I, I have a pretty good feeling that it's going to be Mr. Zach Moss over uh, on on the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> Dude, I'm seeing projections go all the way up to like 65% right now. I mean, he's at 55% the last time I checked for the for you know player profile or in a couple of their sites that I use. Uh, but I mean, like if you fade Zach Moss and he puts up, let's just say eight points, he gets you know 80 yards rushing or something like that, you know, subpar day. You're pretty much eliminating. 50% of the field in, in tournaments. Like I've never seen, or at least I can't remember seeing ownership on one player this high before. It's, it's absolutely absurd, especially considering there's not very many expensive running backs on the slate. I mean, you're already paying down at running back in most cases, and you're not paying all the way down to 4,600 like he's priced, but you're paying 5,500, 6K, somewhere in that range. Uh, for me, I want to find reasons to fade Zach Moss, and it's tough, right? It's tough because the last time they faced off, he had like an insane, insane week. He had like 120-something rushing yards. If he had a touchdown or two, it was crazy. But like it's the Titans, and the Titans have actually been throughout this year really good up against running backs. I mean, am I crazy to not want to play Zach Moss this week? Yeah, I mean, the Titans are always a tough matchup for running backs, and I remember when – when Moss had that big week in week five, we had seen several successive weeks of running back chalk against the Titans that completely busted. I remember there was a big Jerome Ford week. Maybe that was like week three. Um, but th- th- there's just been the Titans. That's their identity. And they're, they're going to stop the run and they're going to be beatable on the pass. So I, I'm with you there. I'm probably looking, you know, if I have a portfolio of lineups, maybe have 20% exposure to Zach Moss, like definitely, can't afford to be absolutely zero on a guy who's in a spot like this, who's this affordable and going to get the targets. And, you know, the thing about the Colts, I think that makes them so exciting for fantasy this year that I haven't seen talked about enough is their pace of play is always going to be high. They're going to be aggressive on fourth downs. They're going to have long drives and Gardner Minshew has kept the offense afloat. So I think Zach Moss, I'm with you there. I think the ownership is going to go a little crazy and we can come in well below that and still get our healthy exposure. All right, let's go ahead and let's build our first lineup, Dario. You ready to do that? You ready, you ready oh, yeah. to, to do it. jump in? So I'm doing a 100K single entry lineup, and we are building around, what do we say? We want to do Tua to, to kick this first lineup off. We're going to be yeah, let's, let's... lineups total. Yeah, let's start with two. I mean, I think the the Dolphin stacks are just mandatory this week. There's there's looking like maybe some weather considerations coming through uh, the DC area on Sunday, but I mean, you're playing Tua and Tyreek no matter what. This is something it could break it. Like we could break completely shatter DFS this week. I mean, don't forget Tyreek Hill is going for the record of of 2,000 you know receiving yards. Like he's he's going to hit that. And this is a week where. He's like, oh, man, I might have some issues some other weeks. Let's go ahead and put up 300 receiving yards this week alone. <laughs> Let's go ahead and do that in two thirds for 500. And and it just goes absolutely like apeshit. So I, I want to have I want to have higher exposure to every kill than I use Zach Moss, to be honest with you. You what? I want to have higher ownership to Tyreek Hill. Oh, than, than Zach, Zach Moss. Moss. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. I like that take. So who do we want to play him with, right? We could play him with Achan. We could play him with Raheem Mostert. We could play him with Waddle. I kind of prefer Waddle in this situation. I know that Jamin Davis has been somewhat susceptible to running backs in the receiving game. So we might see some some man coverage on that and a chain break a big one. So I don't hate Achan. I said a chain again. I I don't hate Achan. I just want to – I want to – 
to probably get the most out of this lineup that I possibly can. I think that comes with Waddle. I'm with you there. I think the the double stack with Waddle, I mean, we just we want to play our cards such that Tua has a career day. Both these guys are probably going to hit. Um, I, I'm with you on that. And then, I mean, we got to get at least one run back in there. I know you said Curtis Samuel's a consideration, Antonio Gibson. Logan Thomas is probably picking up a little more ownership than we would like to see. Yeah. Um, I like I, the Gibson play. Honestly, think? I think we can I think we can run with both, right? These are two guys that are going to be both Gibson and Curtis Samuel are going to be very reliant on the receptions to boost their points. Right? And Curtis Samuel has seen, you know, a, a fair amount of targets over the past several weeks. I mean, last week he had 12. He had a little bit of downer up against the Giants uh, just because of the turnovers, which by the way, Dario and I were at that game together. We were holding hands sitting <laughs> on the on the third row in the end zone. And it was absolutely horrendous watching Sam Howe and the rest of the Washington offense completely falter up against the Giants. But uh, Curtis <laughs> Samuel has seen six targets, four targets, eight targets, and of course 12 in four of the past five weeks. Uh, last week he broke that 100-yard barrier. It put him up to 22 fantasy points. Now, earlier in the season he had a lot better uh, stint from weeks four through week six. In terms of giving us fantasy viable weeks, he hasn't done that in the stint where he saw the targets, but at least he's still somewhat involved with the offense. He was also dealing with some injuries as well uh, throughout that process. So I, I like Curtis Samuel. I think that I, I want to try to avoid Terry McLaurin, as I brought up, uh, just because of Jalen Ramsey. And Washington is going to have to pass somewhere. Sam Howell is going to have to distribute the ball to some places. And I think that Curtis Samuel is most likely going to be the option this week. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, he's $500 more affordable than Jahan Dotson, who he's also – you know, out, he out targeted him last week, so I think that's that's a very sound play for for those reasons as well. Um, you mentioned doing both Samuel and Gibson. Like, how often would you do you like to do that? Kind of get the double run back in there. So I do from time to time in in scenarios where there might not be as many high scoring games. And if this game ends up being high scoring, we're probably looking at sixty plus points in this game with. Miami putting up 40 of them and then Washington only putting up 20. But still, I mean, we don't need Antonio Gibson or Curtis Samuel to score because they're going to get the receptions necessary to get there. Meanwhile, Antonio Gibson should see some time in the two minute warning inside the two minute warnings to be able to, to rack up some additional receptions in that area. I'm just I'm looking at a situation where, hey, I'm only paying 4500 for a running back. We already paid up at the two wide receiver spots out of the three that we have. We paid up at quarterback. We need to save some money somewhere. Why not go with Antonio Gibson, you know, at that point? Yeah, I, I like it. Okay, so where do we want to go after this? Do we have a, a running back that we absolutely love for this game? I mean, Alvin Kamara could see 15 freaking targets. I'm not even exaggerating. Like Alvin Kamara is one of my, my big locks on the week. Yeah. I mean, I think Ramondre Stevenson could also see yes! double digit targets and he's, Oh, you know, just $2,200 cheaper this week. I mean, we saw today, Demario Douglas is ruled out. So they're going to have nobody to throw to. They're probably going to use more 12 personnel. So I think that Hunter Henry and Mike Kosicki are probably going to see more looks than they've been seeing lately, but I mean, Ramondre's been on a hot streak. It. He's only 6K. I, I think that he's a he's a nice fit for this lineup. I love it, man. I'm so on board with this. I love this take. I mean, I uh, he has, what, five? He's averaging over five targets a game over the last six weeks. He has two touchdowns in the past three games. Like you said, he's on a hot streak. Uh, I love it, man. I, I, think it's a, I think it's a great play at 6K. And we have about 4K left per spot right now we're looking at two attack of Aloha, antonio gibson ramondre stevenson tyree kill jalen waddle curtis samuel i threw in the packers defense i'm sorry panthers defense as a placeholder it doesn't look like we're going to be able to come up off of that being the placeholder uh just because of our limited salary that we already have remaining so we have a tight end and a flex position that we need to fill in juan johnson makes some sense here uh just gonna throw that out to you like you brought up hunter henry we're getting really hyper-focused on games. So we decided <laughs> to go with two uh, two Patriots players. That might not be uh, too fruitful. Yeah, yeah, that's probably ugly. I do think Kate Otten's also kind of an intriguing 
um, kind of down the board tight end this week. The Bucks are favored at home. He's had a good connection with Baker Mayfield. He's getting a pretty decent target share. Um, Chris Godwin hasn't been playing as as well as we expect lately. So I think that Kate Otten at 3,200 is kind of also viable in that tier of tight ends. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you. I think the Kate Otten is absolutely a play. However, we do have the Panthers defense. And all the Panthers defense doesn't really affect <laughs> Kate Otten. You know, like it's not that much of a opposite correlation. Sorry, my dog's going crazy right now. Uh, I think that um, I, I might want to pivot over to a different game because I'm assuming that the Panthers-Tampa Bay game is going to be very low scoring. That's a good call, yeah. We'll save save Cade for another lineup. Yeah, I think that uh, I think I'd like to to go with with a Jawan Johnson play for this price range, or even Chiga Conquo is kind of interesting. Do you have a take on Chiga Conquo? Chig's been getting good target share lately. I think the biggest thing is the the Titans' offense is just very condensed. It's going to stay very run heavy. I mean, we saw Will Levis obviously make a huge splash in his debut, but he. They haven't just, just haven't been able to muster up much. I, I like Chig at this price, I think, compared to some of the other options around here. But I, I'm with you on Juwan Johnson. I think he's going to continue seeing looks from Derek Carr. I mean, he had seven targets last week, and this is another game where we expect the Saints to be trailing. So I I like the Juwan play for sure. Let's 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 sneak some Juwan Johnson there. Just just see how it feels, you know. See see how it <laughs> it works a little bit, you know. See if it's all warm and, and feels good inside. So let's go ahead and let's do that. And then we need a, a flex guy. Do you have a guy that that you have for the flex right around the the early or the low four K range? The low four K range. Let me see what we got. I mean, I, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I really like Josh Downs this week, but he's 5,100, so we're going to have to dig just a little bit further down the barrel. I think... I we mean, can run double tight end. I also... I, I don't want to give away my sleeper right now. It's, it's too early to give away the, the <laughs> sleeper that I really, really would like to talk about. Let me go ahead and scroll down so that people can see. Uh, we're looking at... Uh, like a Tajay Spears type play, which I think is very interesting, especially uh, for those that think that Zach Moss will go off. If Zach Moss was actually in this lineup, I would probably be more interested in playing some Tajay Spears. Uh, meanwhile, we have some Jamal Williams. Up against, nah, I don't really like that. Uh, Chase Edmonds might have a, a spot that he could fit. Really, this low 4K range is ugly. It is I've, not pretty. I've got a name that I like at 3,700. As, as I dig through here, um, it's our boy Greg Dortch. Ooh, he's been getting targeted. He's been getting looks. He's had the touchdown last week. It was pretty pretty ridiculous. You know, he pulled out the celebration while they were down about 25 points. <laughs> uh, but Greg Dortch, I mean, he's he's whatever, whatever it is in Arizona, once Kyler Murray came back, they've been letting Greg Dortch cook just a little bit more. And Trey McBride is sounds like legit questionable whether or not he'll play. I think, I, Greg I think Dorch, it came out and said that he was likely to play. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. It, it just came out when I was walking my dog right before the show. Um, it, it said that he's he's likely to play or probable. Um, I, I do like the Greg Dorch take, though. I think it's interesting. I, I think that, you know, it he's been able to create mismatches. And, you know, Pittsburgh... They've got a solid defense, but they do have, you know, a weakness in terms of their their secondary corner, which Greg Dortch doesn't typically line up in the slot every time. I know he plays a good amount in the slot, but not all the time. I, I think Greg Dortch is fun. I'm down to put Greg Dortch in. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the names in that price range, he's probably the one I feel best about saying might get six, seven, eight targets. I mean, the, the that that game could be pretty low scoring. I think is that might be the lowest total on the slate. But if the Cardinals fall behind, which they've been doing a lot of recently, I think he's going to get a lot of gimme targets down the stretch of the game. So I think he's a sneaky play for us at that price point. So that means that we can upgrade 
at the defensive position, and we have the Indy defense, which I, I think could be you know fun up against Tennessee if we think that might be a little bit lower scoring. Cleveland, who's been dominant up against the Rams. San Francisco, uh, I believe there's something going on with Lane Johnson, right, where he's having, uh, he's having some issues. Yeah, it sounds him. like he's not going to play from what I last saw. And Chase Young can get pressure, you know, on Philly. He's familiar with that that offensive line. Uh, I mean, which defense would you like to go with here? I normally don't talk defenses on here, but we got a few we can pick from. Yeah, I mean, I kind of think the Saints have just really struggled to do anything in terms of scoring touchdowns lately. I mean, Derek Carr hasn't had too much trouble with turnovers this year. So maybe that's slightly a, a point in against the Lions defense. But I think the Lions are in a good spot. They're favored. It's in a dome. I think that things could get kind of out of hand for the Saints and they could end up having a couple turnovers. I think that's kind of... I don't know. Does that sound like a crazy take there? No, that, I like that it. Bunch? I'm entering this lineup in. We're good. We're gold. We're going. <laughs> We're going. That that lineup is entered in. I'm ready to rock and roll. Let's go ahead and let's talk about some of these guys that we don't want anywhere close to our lineup, Stario. Who's a guy that, that you don't want to touch this week? Who do you think it was, might see too much ownership or you just you know don't understand the pricing for him? Where are you going? For me... That's George Pickens. I mean, I, I hate to say it. George Pickens is such a fun player to watch. I mean, he makes probably every other week, he makes the most exciting play of that entire NFL Sunday. Yeah, but, I mean, he's projected for about 15% ownership. He's only $200 cheaper than Deontay Johnson. And, I mean, he he's pretty much disappeared ever since Deontay Johnson's full return. I mean, the first game that Deontay Johnson was back, Pickens had a big game. Deontay Johnson was running about, I think, 70% of routes in that one. And then ever since then, when Deontay Johnson's been kind of fully in the fold, it's just been five targets at most for Pickens. And I don't think he scored double-digit fantasy points. I mean, we know that the Cardinals are an offense that you want to target, but we also saw Pat Fryermuth come back last week, and Matt Canada has been fired, as we know. That was you know, a big narrative of Week 12. So I think that it, it just seems like a guy that I don't necessarily get the appeal. I mean, at 4,800, sure, that's that's a good price for any wide receiver with his upside that we've seen. But 15% ownership, Deontay Johnson only 5,000, another week with Pat Fryermuth back. I think we're still getting our kind of bearings on this new look Steelers offense. And I, I just don't feel like I'm going to be playing anywhere near that much George Pickens. Yeah, I'm in a similar boat to you this week as, you know, with Terry McLaurin up against Jalen Ramsey, but for our, uh, for different reasons. Essentially, Jalen Ramsey is bodying every wide receiver that, uh, you know, even looks in his direction, right? I mean, he's just been great since coming back from an injury and, you know, playing at a Pro Bowl level. Um, you know, we know that Sam Howe turns the ball over, especially when he tries to force balls, and so they might keep him in reads that, avoid Terry McLaurin. You know, Terry McLaurin could be the biggest decoy of week 13. Mm -hmm. I don't want him anywhere yeah. close to that. I mean, the Dolphins, they're number 10 in EPA per play on the season. But if you look at just um, since Jalen Ramsey came back, which I believe was week eight, I want to say, seven or eight, since week eight, they're number one in defensive EPA per play. Yeah, so it's insane. Jalen Ramsey has been an absolute difference maker, and they're on another level as a defense right now. I think we're going to see a lot of dink and dunk plays from Washington this week, which is why I like Gibson and why I like Curtis Samuel both so much. I think that we can yeah. easily see them both eclipse 10 targets, um, you know, just from the the type of defense that the Miami Dolphins play. So, yeah, I'm against Terry McLaurin. Another thing that I really don't want to touch uh, is – is the Lions. And and I know that sounds weird because we expect it to be, you know, somewhat of a one-sided game. But there's just so many different players now for the Lions to go to. When we talk about Sam Laporta, we talk about Amon Ross St. Brown. They've involved Khalif Raymond in the offense recently. Jamison Williams is coming on strong. I mean, I actually do kind of like Jamison Williams this week, but every player outside of Jamison Williams and Khalif Raymond are expensive. 
Like, I don't want to have to pay up to some of these premium plays and then just hope that they're the ones that, that see the, you know, the, the folks targets and those opportunities. And when it comes to the running back position, we're seeing an even split with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. And it's like, it's just, there's, there's nobody essentially that is, is putting up significant numbers up against the saints in terms of the rushing game outside of a couple weeks. I just don't want to pay up for that opportunity. So, yeah, I mean, we saw Bijan Robinson gash the Saints just last week. Yeah, and, and I believe before that was the other big opportunity. But honestly, outside of that, so I, I think because of that, I would be a little more inclined to sprinkle some Jameer Gibbs. Ever since um, David Montgomery has come back from injury, they haven't really gone back to the split that we saw early on, where Montgomery had a lion's share of the carries and still was getting some targets. And then Jameer Gibbs was just barely getting any carries. It's been very much a continued Jameer Gibbs show with some David Montgomery as a, a nice little side dish. So I think that Jameer Gibbs is very exciting to me um, in a game where we expect them to play from ahead. But again, you could play Jameer Gibbs and then David Montgomery could get multiple goal line touchdowns. That's the pros and cons of, this very efficient, very multifaceted Lions offense. So I, I can see where you're coming from on maybe being like a little tepid on playing any of them in particular. Yeah, I just I don't want to sit there and try to base my my lineups around certain Lions builds. Um, I will have you know uh, a couple of players sprinkled in from this game, but in terms of trying to to build around this game, I'm trying to avoid that. All right, let's go ahead. Let's build another lineup. You ready for this? You ready to build another one? Oh yeah, let's do it. All right, let's go with the let's do with the 200k fair catch single entry. Let me go ahead and pull this up for everybody and get this off. All right, we have this and. Honestly, man, like the best way to go about this, right, is by knowing which players you don't want to play, knowing which players you do, and then building around that. And honestly, there's no other better way to do it than the DFS optimizer that we have on playerprofiler.com. I mean, I, I do about 150 entries a week, and I swear 90, probably 98% of them are built by the DFF, DFS optimizer over there on the site. In fact, in fact, I think the Podfather himself has something to tell you all about that. DFS getting harder every year, but we're here to make it easier with the DFS Dominator because I know a lot of optimizers keep coming out. Oh, our optimizer. What about this optimizer? But that optimizer. Well, we have a cash game optimizer that leverages the projections from Dario, Billy, the award-winning projections at playerprofiler.com and builds the best lineups for cash games that have both upside and stability because that's what you want. It's a couple clicks, boom, boom, boom. You get the best possible lineup for your cash games. But for tournaments, traditional optimizers don't work. That's why we have a lineup genius, which takes you through the process of building lineups the way they should be built. Which quarterbacks do you want to be overweight on? then building stacks, then setting runbacks, then optimizing, and generating up to 150 lineups that you can easily import into DraftKings, into FanDuel. That's the DFS Dominator. It's only $45 a year. Not, not a week. A, a year. A year. Just go to Player Profiler, click on the DFS Dominator from the menu, and you won't be sorry. Hey, hey, he mentioned some guy. He mentioned some guy that, that said he puts together, you know. Who's that that does the projections? That sounds like I might have heard of that guy. Yeah, I think he lives out of advantage, travels across the world, like on his, <laughs> on his, in his van. It's pretty cool. I, I, that's that's Dario for y'all, folks. He uh, he puts together a lot of the projections throughout the week. The, the guy that's on the show with us tonight, of course. Let's go check him out over there at Dario Offsteam on Twitter. All right, we got to build a lineup. Let's go ahead. Let's pivot down to a different quarterback. We talked about Brock Purdy earlier in the show. Brock Purdy is who we have to go with. And there's one wide receiver that I love more than the other when it comes to Devo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk. And for me, that's Brandon Ayuk over there on the outside up against Philly. I, I just feel like this is a Brandon Ayuk game. And I know they're going to be focused a lot on him, but they can only, you know, 
I guess, put so but so many resources to try and defend against him. I love Brandon Ayuk this week. I think that Brandon Ayuk is a great play. Uh, you said that you also like Debo. Would you rather play yeah. Debo or Ayuk and tell me why? As to which I one. think I like Ayuk better in a vacuum. I mean, if you're depending on how the rest of this lineup comes together and we rather, I think it's, it's a thousand dollar difference between the two of them this week, maybe. Yeah. I, Ayuk is 7,200 Samuel is 6,200. I think that that could make Debo the better value depending on how the lineup is coming together. I, I don't know if I'm very inclined to double stack them. Cause I think with this offense, you're going to get, Almost every single week is a McCaffrey week, and then it's one of the other three guys, whether that's Ayuk or Debo or Kittle. I think it's pretty rare that we see a huge Purdy game with a huge Ayuk and Debo or Ayuk and Kittle game. So I think that um, let's pick Ayuk and and then see maybe how the rest of this comes together. We can always pivot down to save the 1,000 if we need to. Well, in terms of running it back, we got to figure out who we want to run it back with as well. I mean, we're looking at AJ Brown being 8,800, which is insane, insanely expensive, especially when we consider, I think, Devonta Smith, who has been having somewhat of a reemergence in three of the past four weeks. He's had at least eight targets or a touchdown in all of the past four weeks. In that time, he's had three touchdowns, uh, a total of 26 targets, and I mean, 99 yards, 99 yards, 106 yards in three of the past four weeks. That's crazy. I mean, his numbers are through the roof, uh, you know, as of late. So are we running it back with Devonta Smith? Are we running it back with A.J. Brown? How you feeling? I think that, I mean, I'm kind of always partial to a little A.J. Brown action. I mean, he's just got he, – he's going to get the lion's share of the air yards in this offense – I think that, I mean, seeing the, um, I think he's always leading in the first read target share. Um, and if we do see the the Eagles fall behind, which I think they're projected to for good reason, um, I just think that Jalen Hurts, when he locks onto one guy, it's A.J. Brown. and He could end up having, you know, 10, 12, 15 targets. I kind of like paying up for him and then seeing what else we can build around this. Yeah, I mean, with Brock Purdy's price discount, it, it makes it feasible without killing us. Kind of opposite of what happened in the, in the last one where we had to pay down for two Washington players and we still ended up having to pivot down to Greg Dorch in the end. Um, this one still has a little bit of wiggle room at $4,650 left for each player. Let's go ahead. Let's get a DST in there as a placeholder. We'll throw the lines in again just because. And... You know, this this lineup right here, because of Brock Purdy's low ownership, feels like it could be the, the opportunity to, to plug Zach Moss in. Do we want to try that, or do we want to wait a little bit longer and see if we can get Zach Moss in a, in a later lineup? I like doing it here because, I mean, I, I have a... I have a I have a, an idea for our third lineup that, that isn't exactly going <clears> to <throat> mesh well with playing Zach Moss. So so let's, let's jam him, uh, eat the chalk on this lineup, and then that should help us get some breathing room everywhere else. Now, if we if we weren't to play Zach Moss, right, and I meant to talk about this in the last one, uh, there's a way to kind of leverage off of him where we play a lot of Derrick Henry, play a lot of DeAndre Hopkins in hopes that it's a one-sided affair and Zach Moss is kind of taken out of the game. I know that, that he still is a receiving threat to an extent, but Tennessee is great about stopping pass-catching running backs thus far in the season. Um, so I think that DeAndre Hopkins and Derrick Henry kind of eliminate that. But you can still play DeAndre Hopkins in this lineup. And you can play a little bit of, of Derrick Henry. I think that Tajay Spears is really interesting as a, a skinny run back. But I mean, would you be open to, to playing DeAndre Hopkins up against this Indianapolis defense that struggles against outside wide receivers? I like that. Yeah, and, and Hopkins, I mean – his target shares have been declining a little bit the last couple of weeks. Like kind of just one of those things you notice when you do projections, he's not been feasting quite as intensely as he did. I mean, look at those first couple starts from Levis, I think starting with Atlanta in week six, six targets, 11 targets, eight targets, 
kind of settled down, right? I mean, looking at five targets each of the last two weeks. Um, but he's still an alpha. And I think that if, if anyone on that Titans receiving side of the ball is going to have a kind of a, a noteworthy day for DFS, it's DeAndre Hopkins. All right, let's go ahead and get Hopkins in the lineup. I, I think it just makes too much sense um, in terms of, of game script and upside potential, especially for Zach Moss. And I don't think that DeAndre Hopkins is going to see significant ownership. I think he's almost forgotten about. So that's a way to kind of differentiate your lineups uh, from the rest of the field. Now, mm-hmm. where do we go from here? Because we have Brock Purdy, Zach Moss. We've got a hole at the other running back spot. Brandon Ayuk, A.J. Brown as a run back. DeAndre Hopkins is run back to Zach Moss in the Lions defense, which we'll probably switch out of possibly. We need a tight end, a flex position, and a running back. Where do you want to go from here? Do you want to do you want to try and build on tight end and then flex and see what's left at running back? I think that, I mean, I think I, I don't want to let this show go by without talking about the spot that the Steelers running backs are in. Yes! I mean, Jalen Warren and Najee Harris could both absolutely eat on Sunday. We know that Jalen Warren's probably going to see more targets, has a better chance of breaking off a big run. Najee Harris probably slightly more likely for a touchdown. This game could very well give, give kind of give way to either of them having a big DFS day. So I want to squeeze one of those guys into the running back slots. I think they're relatively affordable too. I mean, we're looking at 5,400 for Warren and 5,200 for Harris. So that's right within our price point. And I think, I mean, if you look below those guys, Aside from Zach Moss, I mean, I don't know where else you're getting as much opportunity and upside for your dollar in DFS this week. Jalen Warren is one of my favorite plays on the slate, and I wanted to, to line him up with my locks. I was like, you know what? It could be Najee Harris to an extent. I don't love Najee Harris, but it could be him on a touchdown. So he's not a lock for me, but I do want to play him in some lineups this week. So that dude this week is Jalen Warren. He fits perfectly into this this slate into this this lineup that we have we're left at tight end and flex 4400 a piece is what we have to spend so we're looking at likely paying down at tight end again and then potentially paying up at flex yeah where do we I, I go think, i mean last last lineup we stayed off the new england tight ends because we already had some Ramondre in there Ooh, i think I like if it. we want to look for a tight end that's the stone cold minimum Mike Gesicki at 2,500 is probably going to see a lot more snaps this week than he has recently because of the injuries to the wide receivers. If we want to take a slightly better and, uh, and more targeted so far this season of the two tight ends, we could get Hunter Henry at 3,100, but they're both, I think pretty affordable and, and good options for us in this lineup. Yeah. I actually really love that take. It's very strong. I, I think that the likelihood that Hunter Henry scores a touchdown over Gasecki is kind of what does it for me there. I'm going to lean more towards Hunter Henry. Do you have an issue with that? No, I, I like it. I think, I mean, six. If, if we can, if we see that we need those $600 on another, you know, this last flex, if there's someone else that really stands out to us, we can just flip back. But I, I like Henry over Gasecki in a vacuum as well. Oh, man. So we're thinking, first off, we're thinking that Miami is going to be a bust game because we don't have anybody from Miami in our lineup. And I don't think we're capable from getting anybody, uh, you know, in our lineup from Miami at this point, either outside of maybe a chain or John. Where does he sit? Uh, I mean, he might be. He's 6,900. He's way up there. Yeah, no. Wow. He's expensive. Um. Yeah, so so we're thinking that, that Miami's going to be a bust. I don't know if I love that, but it's not like we're left with a lot of options. I mean, I think one, this is this may be like a crazy pivot here. Brian Robinson is only 6,100. If you lean into that game being a bust and Brian Rob, maybe the commanders get a couple early turnovers, they're playing from ahead. B-Rob gets a couple scores. We can still save some money at defense in this lineup. Um, if we really want to lean into fading that game or just saying that it's going to go away that um, people aren't expecting. I also think, I mean, Sam Laporta at 5,600. We talked about sprinkling some Lions. I mean, Saints aren't exactly good against tight ends this year. Kind of like him in that range as well. What do you think? 
I do want to bring up Javante Williams, who hasn't really been good the past two weeks, but he's still getting involved in the receiving game. He saw six targets last week. Um, still didn't do much with them. But, I mean, he gave you, back three weeks ago, he gave you two consecutive weeks of fantasy viable points because of his prowess in the receiving game, getting a receiving touchdown. The Texans, Derek Stingley's back for the past two weeks, although he doesn't look great. He's still, you know, getting acclimated. I, I kind of want to have a little bit of play in there, and I just think the volume's going to be there for Javonta Williams over Sam Laporta. I really, I do not want to put uh, <laughs> too much interest into this New Orleans-Detroit game. I, I know that Sam Laporta come away with a touchdown, but what does he see, four targets if they're winning by two touchdowns in the first quarter? Yeah. No, I mean, that's a good point. I think Javonte Williams, this is a very friendly price for him, and that Denver-Houston game is, I think, the second highest total on the slate aside from Miami-Washington. And, yeah, I, I like this play a lot, too. So I I could I could be happy with that. I mean, he's exactly what we need to. He's 5,700. I think that suits this lineup perfectly. Let's do it, man. This could be the win and one. I, I wish that we could figure we, out a way. You want to shave off? a couple dollars just to pivot off to a different defense in case. I mean, we've already, I mean, I don't, I don't we're know. Betting against this game. <laughs> Go ahead. I mean, we're betting against this game. Were you going to say something else? No, I mean, I guess, yeah, I was just thinking if you wanted to get unique across the, the lineups we were building here, cause we, we did use the lions already, but I think they're in a good spot. And I mean, the, the other defenses around them in that price range, nothing, really jumps out to me either so we can keep riding the lions the only other one that i would pivot to is san francisco's defense but we don't want to do that because we're betting on this game like if we were going to do yeah. a san francisco defensive lineup we probably would have done in the last one yeah no that's a good point all right let's enter in this lineup we are in there and we got one more to build baby we got one more to build you, you keeping up you good to go oh yeah i i i'm <laughs> I, I don't know if you saw this in in my in our little show notes. I kind of kind of got a little little creative with with a lineup here for us. If you want to indulge my uh, my spicy take of the week, yeah, let's let's talk about some of these sleepers. Let's talk about some spicy takes. Let's, this is what everybody's been waiting for, Dario. This is where where everybody stays to, to hear the tail end of the show. I literally, I got so much hate mail because I skipped last week in on my Twitter inbox because they're like, wait, where's the show? Wait, where are the sleepers? Hey, can you just text us some sleepers? I'm not even kidding. People were asking me to text some sleepers and I'm like, I didn't do any research, bro. I I, I'm, 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 I'm sitting here with my family. What? Like I'm, I'm full off Turkey. I'm, I'm chilling. I, I can't, I can't <laughs> be doing turkey this. Naps. I'm getting the turkey naps in, man. I, I do all my DFS for that, for that Thursday uh thanksgiving day i don't even do dfs lineups on that following sunday because i'm i go so hard in the motherfucking paint <laughs> on the, on thanksgiving man that's the so, only way to do it this is why everybody comes here i i think that there are some great plays let's go ahead and start us out with some sleepers uh, you can you can kick it off i i mentioned his name already but i really love josh downs this week he's reasserted himself as the number two target in the colts offense I mean, we know he had that injury. He's kind of bounced up and down, but he's fully back. I mean, we expect him to see anywhere from a 20 to 25% target share in this game. The things I said earlier about the Colts offense, staying high-paced, Gardner Minshew, keeping them afloat. I think Shane Steichen is a really good coach. He's doing a great job with the Colts this year. And, I mean, we've seen Josh Downs have a couple of big games already. I think that he's... He's someone that I am definitely going out of my way to fit into some lineups this week. I uh, I, I love that take. I think that we see a lot of checkdown opportunities from Minshew, and Downs is thriving in that role that he has. Reminds me a lot of like Jamison Crowder, where you have a guy that's not hyper athletic or anything like that, but like he's coming in the league as a rookie, nobody really knows what to expect. He ends up in a perfect situation, and boom, he just takes off, and he's perfect for DFS lineups. At 5,100, man, he's, he's a great play. I, I absolutely love that. Um, let's see. I you, you brought up Kate Otten, who you put in the show sheet. You brought up the, the tight ends, so we pretty much covered those guys. I brought up Juwan Johnson. I think that Taysom Hill is interesting this week as well, by the way, if, if you're paying up a tight end. 
which is seeming like a lot of lineups aren't able to get there at the tight end position. But Jamison Williams, who has come on strong, he's coming on real strong. He, he's uh, I don't think he saw a single week of over 50% snap share to start the year out. And the past two weeks, he's seen a 50% snap share in both those. It looks like he found his hands, or at least found his gloves, the gloves that actually work, <laughs> that or he's using stick them. Plus, he's getting involved in, in the rushing game. I mean, he had a rushing touchdown called back, I believe it was a couple weeks ago. I mean, this dude, is he's, he's finally merging to what we all thought he could be, although he's not there yet. I predict that after we see the Lions force the New Orleans Saints to have their eighth three and out, because that's pretty much what we're going to be looking at this entire time. I think that Jamison Williams is, is going to have really a real specific. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it just feels like it's going to be a game where Jamison Williams just runs the hell out of them and they just can't keep up. And he's going to see a lot of underneath opportunities. More importantly, he's going to see some play, big play opportunities. I think he gets a touchdown this week up against the Saints. But be good up against wide receivers. I just I think that this could be it. I don't think he's going to see a ton of volume, but at his price, at his price, I think that he's worth it. He's a very, very fun uh, dart throw. I mean, yeah, that's like in Jamison Williams' DNA is having his whole week made up on one play, right? I mean, that's like the the thesis and the essence of who that guy is. And yeah, and anytime he's this cheap and the Lions are favored, I mean, I, I like it. All it takes is one shot play. <laughs> Dude, I'm looking at his numbers. This is really funny. Have you seen his receiving numbers? Oh my god, he's had two receptions in every single game he's played so far, <laughs> outside of one. Where this is funny though, because in all these games where he had two receptions outside the one, he has had two or three targets, three targets for all of them except for one. So he's had three targets in all of those two reception games. The one that he didn't. He saw six targets and had zero receptions. Like, that is absolutely hilarious. Like, don't give him too many targets. He, he might not catch a single one. If you throw, <laughs> you throw him three balls, he'll catch two of them, and it's going to be for 50 yards, all right? That's all you got to do. He might give you a touchdown, too. So that's pretty much what we're hoping from. Dude, imagine if Jamison Williams just pulled it all together and was actually, like, you know, he had his mind right, saw those six targets, caught five of them, he'd have 150 yards. That's what could happen this week. I like it. That's a nice little spicy take for us. Yeah, give him, give him six reception this week. He'll catch four or five of them for 150 yards. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Maybe we, get, maybe we get lucky and it's two touchdowns. Yeah, no kidding. All right. Yeah, two touchdowns would be great. Would be great. All right. Let's do this. Let's build a, another lineup. Thank you very much for that assist, Dario. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, he's been a major help in getting this <laughs> uh, this layout taken care of. Normally, it's just me by myself. So we have obviously the Jamison Williams talk that we just had. You can see it over there on YouTube. Go check us out over there on our YouTube channel. Uh, let's go ahead and let's start this build off. Do you have a start to this build? Do you, do you have a guy that you really like? So kind of piggybacking off of liking Josh Downs this week. Oh, God, don't I tell think, me you're going to play Gardner Minshew. Don't tell me that. You, I think you can double stack Gardner Minshew. I, I'm going oh, for it. Gross. Really? The Titans, man, we, I mean, the same reasons we talked about fading Zach Moss, the Titans' run defense is a lot stronger than their pass defense. I mean, all you need is, I mean, Michael Pittman's been absolutely going crazy the last few weeks. Josh Downs, I think, is an underrated talent. This is just such a great budget stack. I mean, we could, if we want to build, say, like a McCaffrey lineup, I think this is the stack that you put in there to make that all fit together. Yeah. All right, all right, I'm on board. You know what's really funny is I'm sitting here looking, and I literally I just started laughing to myself. Ethan Stick, who <laughs> hasn't played a snap, is more expensive than Mac Jones. Oh, and Bryce Young. Bryce Young, he's, he's the same price as Bryce Young, but he is above him over here on the list. I think that's freaking hilarious, dude. That is so funny. That is he's wild. Stick. Has he ever played an NFL snap in his entire career? I don't know if he has. But he's 4,900. That's hilarious. All right. <laughs> <laughs> God, that's funny. 
All right, so let's go ahead and let's start out with uh, who are we seeing? Gardner Minshew, and we're going to do Josh Jones and who else? I, I think double stack, right? I think we can go for the double stack. Get Pittman in there too. I mean, Pittman's been just an absolute monster the last few weeks. Thirteen targets, twelve targets, eight catches on eight targets, thirteen targets. I think that, like, man, this. If you want to fade Zach Moss, I think that this could be a game where we just see the Colts lean into airing it out against the Titans. And and Pittman and Downs, they're both just like good wide receivers. I think that's something that you always want to keep in mind and makes them even more exciting to play. They're just they're just good at the game. Does that mean that Derrick Henry is going to keep up his hot streak and we're going to see vintage Derrick Henry this week? Last week he had 18 carries, 76 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, I feel like if, if Tennessee is going to go up and it's going to force the Colts to pass, Zach Moss is going to get scripted out. Derrick Henry has to have a big game. Am I wrong? I like it. Yeah, he's a, he's a nice run back. And have you seen the like whether Tajay Spears is expected to play? Because I know he left the game early last week and um, got rocked on that hospital ball from Levis. Yeah. <laughs> um, right now we're talking. Uh, it doesn't say anything about him being out. I'm su- I'm surprised he didn't enter the concussion protocol after that hit. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything on it. Uh, I don't hate Tajay Spears, by the way, as a, as another play. If you think this, this game is going to be a shootout and you think it's going to be, you know, sixty pointer, but I don't see that happening. All right, let's go ahead and let's figure out how we're going to fill this line about i mean michael Pittman, derrick henry made our lineup a little bit tougher i'm gonna go ahead and throw in a placeholder defense again this time let's play the 49ers just to get it in there um and then you brought up christian mccaffrey i mean going with the 49ers defense and christian mccaffrey would be completely contrarian and kind of fun yeah i mean i, I think we might <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what we can afford after we get Henry and McCaffrey in there, but I'm sure that's going to be a very unique combination. It really will be. We're going to end up crushing half these. We're going to be like in the one percenters in terms of our actual lineups. But I mean, lately for the Eagles, they've I believe they've been struggling to an extent up against running backs. Yeah, I mean, up against the Bills. They gave up 92 yards. They gave up nine receptions to the Bills running backs. To the Chiefs, they gave up 116 yards. I mean, the Eagles linebackers are playing a lot more off ball as of late to compensate Mm -hmm. for their coverage woes. And so we could see that happen this week, which kind of lets us leverage off of that game while still playing that game. Yeah, let's let's see if we can fit it in. Let's let's put in our voice DMC. <laughs> Good one. Oh, that wasn't intentional. Okay, yeah. I mean, we're sitting here with Garner Minshew, <laughs> Derek Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Joshua Downs, Michael Pittman. We need another wide receiver, tight end, and a flex spot. Man, I I wonder what lineups would look like with a good tight end this week. I just want to know what would the lineup look like with a good tight end because we have not had the chance to do that yet. Um. <sighs> God, I feel like we should have somebody from the Dolphins game, but we're not going to be able to fit anybody in from the Dolphins. Durham Smythe? <laughs> Reem Mostert, uh, Chain. Honestly, if you're not playing that game, it's going to be tough to get anybody in there unless you, you just don't want to fade, or you, you want to fade the San Francisco, San Francisco Philly game. Excuse me. Oh, so tight end. I guess we should go back down and pay down. I do like Njoku this week at 4K. Uh, he wouldn't kill us. It, it would still add some salary to the other two spots we need. How do you feel about Njoku? Uh, I don't know. I, I think, you know, as you probably heard today, Joe Flacco is going to start for the Cleveland Browns, which might bode well for Njoku, like just a lot of underneath garbage targets. But... Dude, seen know, targets, man. eight targets, six targets, nine targets, 15 targets, nine targets. Oh, actually, it started in, in week seven. Nine targets, eight targets, six targets, nine targets, 15 targets. So that's what I said before, maybe. Oh, and then nine targets. Again. I'm, yeah, I, I I'm like kind it. of inclined to fade that game altogether, but I, I can see I can see the, the reasons why he might be a decent play. 
Yeah, we got Harry Snowman in the chat, by the way. What's up, Harry? Um, I, I really would love uh, to, to play in Joku as a, a, a dart throw type opportunity there. I just, I know Mari Cooper is going to be healthy this week, but we need some upside. We need to get different with tight end. We can't just keep on paying down for tight ends and, and hoping for a big hit. All right. Yeah, let's do it. You, you There's some high scoring games this week, you know? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that won't be one of them. I can, I can promise you that. Yeah, but there could be a concentration of targets as to where he could be involved. <laughs> and I expected the Rams to be a big in this one. All right, we have left in the pot 4,800. Uh, we have wide receiver and flex position left. Unfortunately, I wanted to get some Tank Dell in my lineups this week. That's not going to happen. Uh, I wanted some Raheem Mostert and, and some Achan uh, lineups in my my or lineups in my I guess my my builds this week. That's not going to happen. Uh, Rashad White is interesting, although I think he's too chalky. Just to give you a heads up. And then George Kittle, I brought up. I would love to have him him in some of my lineups, but that's not going to happen either. So let's go all the way down to the five K range. How do you feel about uh, the James Conner revenge game? Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I don't love it. I really don't. I, I think it's funny, but I just, I mean, James Conner, I get that he was coming back from injury, but he didn't do too much last week. The Steelers have been good. I, I, I like Ronda Moore, to be honest with you. I think Ronda Moore actually has a great chance going off this week. He's a little more expensive, isn't he? Yeah. Where's Ronda Moore sitting? don't know Rondale's price off the top of my head, but I mean, if you're uh, he the, is sitting, no, he's, he's only, only at 3,400. Woo! I did yeah, I think he, he's I been. Uh, I think he's been kind of somewhat replaced by Dorch the last couple of weeks. Is is part of what's been happening? If I if, let me, you know, we had the touchdown, the... the one reception, forty eight yards, and a touchdown previously. Uh, he he hasn't done much for fantasy purposes, but at thirty four hundred, man, I mean that's that's strong. That's real strong. Yeah, I mean it would be actually. Yeah, no, I. I I think I might, might have been mistaken. His his route participation's still been solid, you know, hovering between 65 and 75% the last few weeks, uh, even though Dorch has come on a little bit stronger recently. I think Rondale could be worth a sprinkle. Dude, I mean, Rondale Moore's fun, plus allows us to play like a Debo Samuel and George Kittle. Debo Samuel would be fun for this because we could see a lot of misdirection to try and get Philly off offbeat. We could see... Debo have four to five carries this week. Um, Christian McCaffrey still uh, you know carries the ball enough, so we're seeing a lot of time wasted off the clock just due to the to the rushing possibilities and the short area completions. Meanwhile, Brock Purdy might end up putting up a, a decent week, but you can't fit Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry and Debo Samuel in the same lineup. So we're contrarian enough. Yeah, I mean, I would. Yeah, I, I wish we could afford Devontae Smith just to have like a guy on each side of that game. But I do think Debo is a really good value this week. And I mean, there aren't going to be many lineups with Debo and McCaffrey that Without are Brown. also missing Purdy. So I think that this could be a really interesting, like, it, you know, we have the Niners defense. We're kind of playing the scenario that they come out ahead and Debo Samuel could still get carries get creative touches near a line of scrimmage um regardless of the game script so that's I, kind of I'm, what i'm thinking too we've got we've got an iuke lineup already in locked and loaded so let's let's build in a, a debo one too yeah i wouldn't hate ramondre stevenson in this place so if you want to switch out put ramondre stevenson in you know that cool with that uh devin singletary might see some touches alleviated but i uh, could still get a couple touchdowns in there so i like devin singletary and then you brought up uh, you know, James Conner. So all those are in play for all y'all for, for this skeleton build. But for us, we're going to go Debo Samuel. And we're, we're looking at Gardner Minshew, Derek Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Downs, Pittman, Rondell Moore, Kevin Joku, Debo Samuel, and the 49ers defense. This is about as contrarian as, as you can possibly get. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, let's do it. Enter it in, baby. Man, I'm only left with $943 left. That sucks. All right, let's <laughs> let's see if we can uh, we can replace 50 bucks of that uh, to make up for those three lineups I built. But 
I appreciate you for joining me, Dario. You were a lifesaver in terms of coming onto the show, fresh out of your van, uh, you know, joining us as you're traveling across the country. You want to let everybody know a little bit about that? Yeah, no. So for those of you who aren't aware, I mean, I'm currently on a, a great NFL road trip. Uh, currently, I've been to I think 21 stadiums this season. This weekend, it'll be uh, Sunday in Tampa and Monday night in Jacksonville. So just cruising along, um, trying to make some history and be at all 30 NFL stadiums in one season. So if you guys are not following me already on Twitter, at Dario Ofstein, um, keeping everything fresh over there. So tune in. Love it, man. Absolutely love it. I'm excited for you to, to do that, to visit all 30 stadiums. Has that ever been done before? Do you know? Uh, I haven't, I, I tried to do some digging and I, I couldn't find anyone else who had done it. So, I mean, it's, it's possible. I don't know. And he's uh, buying a pin in everyone as well. Oh yeah. So, gotta, I'm excited, gotta keep, man. Uh, keep the collection going. Love that. Love that. Hey, make sure y'all go tune in to the podcast. Of course, this episode is coming out. If you guys missed the tail end of it, I see that we have actually an influx of listeners over the past five or so minutes. If you guys want to go back and watch it on YouTube, you can, but this will be available on a podcast uh, tomorrow morning. So go check that out. Thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate everybody for, for joining us this season. Continue to do so. We're going to be going at least through the end of the season, if not the playoffs. I did the playoffs last year. Hopefully we'll be able to do it again this year. Make sure y'all hit us up over there at Dario Ofstein on Twitter and at FF underscore intervention on Twitter as well. We're out of here. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.